Jenna Jacoby is presented by Allstate. Get protected from mayhem this year when you switch and save with Allstate. He is Jalen Rose. I'm David Jacoby. We are Jalen and Jacoby. What is it that we do? What they want? Jalen Rose. In Kansas City, in Arrowhead, the Bills traveled there to redeem themselves after the playoff loss from last season. And that's exactly what they did. Conway, Benny, Westside Gun, the Bills Mafia succeeded. <laughs> and they redeemed themselves after the playoff victory. They are the best team in football, in my opinion. The Bills Mafia stands tall this Monday. Jalen Rose, what did you think about the biggest game on the schedule all season long? So if you're going to sit up and watch football 12 hours in one day, you create a mental storyline. And since I've been doing that for decades, it seems like yesterday's was QBs that could be mobile, human beings that had at least two touchdowns, and defensive backs that can actually pick off the football. And this game highlighted that in a lot of ways. Think about each team's first drive. Josh Allen drives his team down, ultimately ends in a miscommunication, ends in a fumble. Kansas City drives themselves down the field. Patrick Mahomes gets them into a red zone, throws an interception. That, in theory, became the theme. Patrick Mahomes, two interceptions. Both great quarterbacks threw 40 times. One of them had three touchdown passes, Allen. The other had two, Mahomes. But those costly interceptions became the difference for the Kansas City Chiefs, which is why they came up on the losing end of the game. I think we spent so much time celebrating Allen, who deserves it, and celebrating Diggs, who deserves it. But it was the Bills' defense in this game that really won the day. They didn't bottle up the Chiefs. They didn't stop the Chiefs, but they did enough, and they got those costly turnovers, and they got the game. In my opinion, the Bills are not just the best team in the AFC. Not They're the best team in football. Do you agree with that statement, Mr. Rose? I'm not mad at that today. Um, it's still early in the season. For the Chiefs, it was good to see Juju Smith-Schuster go over 100 yards and catch a big TD. But Josh Allen's and Patrick Mahomes' mobility was still on display. The route running of Stephon Diggs. Of course, Davis got deep. He seems to get deep against the Kansas City Chiefs and score a touchdown almost every time they play, in particular from January to yesterday. But the turnovers were the difference. And the Bills' defense, obviously. But I want to make sure I acknowledge Von Miller because we're going to talk about the offense, and rightfully so. And Stephon Diggs is unguardable. Oh, my goodness. He was out there just playing games with the defense, looking nasty. But Von Miller all of a sudden becomes the guy that that is a game changer with his speed, ability to rush the passer, get him on the ground, force hurried throws at this point of his career. When he, when he signed this deal with the Bills, of course we looked at it as monopoly money, and he'd probably never get those years and probably never get that bottom line total. But what he's bringing to this team has been a game changer. And his addition 
versus Tariq Hill's subtraction seems like that was the difference on the final drive. Because normally Patrick Mahomes, when whatever situation he's in, at some point, where's Kelsey? They did a good job of keeping him quiet after catching four TVs yep. the last weekend. And then obviously the Cheetah, who was not there. Hartman trying to fill in, but obviously when you watch the way the Cheetah performed yesterday with Miami, the yards and the catches he had yesterday, that could have been some production that the Kansas City Chiefs could have used. So when we're talking about the best teams in football, it's natural to talk about these two teams, the Chiefs and the Bills. What doesn't feel right to me right now is the words that are going to come out of my mouth. The Giants might be one of the best teams in football. They went up against the Ravens. I expected the Ravens to cakewalk the Giants. I expected this to be an easy win for the Ravens. Guess what? The Giants are now 5-1. and one. They bottled up Lamar Jackson, forced him into turnovers, and won the game. Brian Dable is now leading for Coach of the Year. Jalen Rose, was this about the Giants winning or the Ravens losing? First off, there you go. Interception. Remember, so many D-backs end up playing that side of the football because they have stone hands. I was happy to see D-backs picking off the football yesterday and being physical. And man, let me just tell you something. The Giants, to me, embody a couple of things. First, What's not that? losing the game. When you're well coached, keep the turnovers down, run the ball, Saquon, and all of a sudden, put yourself in position because you're not getting a lot of penalties to win the game. That's what they're doing. The one thing that I'm watching, though, Saquon's shoulder is a real issue. Yeah. He got hit a couple of times. You can see him favoring it. Of course, he's playing physical football. He's going to get hit. But that's what I'm watching for. But shout to Daniel Jones. He doesn't have to be yeah. dimes throwing the ball 45, 50 times. He can roll out with his legs. He can make timely throws when the team needs him. And again, two touchdowns, only 27 attempts, keeping the turnovers down. And by the way, that's what the Ravens' problem was. Lamar Jackson has been Dr. Jekyll turnovers. and Mr. Hyde with those turnovers. And they've not been able to hold on to leads. Usually, a team like the Ravens, who broke records the last couple of years with the way they've been able to run the football, and that's including mm -hmm. Lamar in the running game with their running backs. They don't have that dominant balance anymore to, to be able to steamroll once they get the lead. See, usually these leads that they've lost over the last couple of years, they've been able to maintain based on the fact they've been consistently able to run the ball and Lamar not the turning ball, yeah. the football over. I want to get a Giants credit. I want to get a Giants defense a ton of credit. Thibodeau was in the backfield all game long for the Giants. They're doing oh. well on the offensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball. They're well coached. The Giants are a legit team in the NFC. Jalen, I thought the Buccaneers were going to be a legit team in the NFC. I thought the Buccaneers were going to make light work of the Steelers. If you look at my gambling app, that is also where I financially invested, and that investment did not pay off. It was the Steelers. And Mitch Trubisky, because Pickett got hurt, ended up going in the game and bringing the Steelers a win in this game against the Bucs. Jalen, are the Bucs done as NFC contenders? We've talked about that the last few weeks. 
And respectfully, a lot of that has to do with the offense, in particular, the GOAT Tom Brady. I believe they've only scored oh. over 20 points one time this year. So we can't really put that on the defense. And of course, the defense woke up today and like, wait a minute, we let Mitchell Trubisky get hurt. We injured Mitchell Trubisky. Kenny Pickett comes in and wins the game for them. So of course, if Other you're the Bucks defense, you're di disappointed. And you're Tom Brady. You know, the one thing about yelling at the offensive line, let me just tell you how this works as an agent player. I don't care what you've accomplished. You know that there were human beings sitting there listening to that rant thinking, hey dog, let me turn this mirror around and let's look at you. You know what I'm saying? Because just so you know, the hardest thing to protect is a 45-year-old quarterback that ain't mobile. So don't be yelling at us, dog. We in this together. You know what I'm saying? This is, this is, this is total team ineptitude all at once. And yes, when you have Evans and Godwin and Fournette, you feel like Tom Brady and that offense is going to be more productive. But again, that's Steelers defense, and that's their calling card. You saying Cam Hayward leading that defense, being physical. You seen them yep. stop the two-point conversion late in the game. Those are the kind of plays that were difference makers for the Steelers. Obviously, it was Pickett that got hurt who started the game. Then Trubitsky came in to get them the win. That was a huge yeah, win. Not in a huge game. However, there was a huge game in the NFC East. All of a sudden, a conference with a lot of good teams. Not the case in the past. And, of course, I'm talking about the Cowboys and the Eagles. And it was your namesake, Jalen Hurts, doing it again with his arm and his legs, Jalen. That's the theme of yesterday. You and I went over a list of who we felt were the top five or six rushing QBs in the league. If you notice, we've showed Allen, Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and Daniel Jones already in today's show. And the one and thing Lamar. about the Eagles that I appreciate what they did, they put a stranglehold on the game basically in the second quarter. Now, it was good yep. for the Dallas Cowboys to show character to get back in the game. And they did a great job, in particular when their offensive line was healthy, of not allowing Michael Parsons to wreck the game. But then when you have that injury on the offensive line, that changes things in a lot of ways. And let's talk about the Philly D. You see big play Slay out there? You see yeah, D-Bag picking off the football? You see that thief? Friend of the show. Three picks by the Eagles. Three picks. And let me tell you something. Shout to Brandon Graham, bossing up out there, forcing one of those picks late. And I was thinking something watching our guy, big play Darius Slay. The game got to be boring to him sometime because they weren't even looking to throw his way. I'm like, throw his way? <laughs> they never even threw Jaylen, his way. Maybe like once Jaylen, or twice. Just for just for Brandon Graham, I need you to boss up right now on yeah. this program for Detroit, <laughs> for Brandon Graham, for the undefeated Eagles. You need to boss up. They bossed up yesterday and got the win. And there's so much more from week six to cover. However, there is some big news from the NBA as well. We have new contracts signed by 
the championship warriors. That's right, Andrew Wiggins, who was a key in the finals, got a bag. Jordan Poole got a bag. What does that mean for Draymond and the Warriors? We'll discuss right after this. You're watching Jalen and Jacoby. Coming to you live from the seaport and brought to you by Chase. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby. Jalen Rose, we discussed how the Giants beat the Ravens. Are there two good football teams in New York City? The New York Jets went up against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, and I assumed this would be an easy win for the Packers after losing in London. This would be a get-back game for them. No problem. Just run right over the Jets. But that is not what happened, Mr. Rose. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are not looking good. They lost to the Jets. What do you think about this season from the Pack? You know I have this Sunday exercise I like to do called good win and bad loss. And at first I was trying to think if the Bucks lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers was worse. And then I thought about it. At least the Pittsburgh Steelers are considered a story franchise. They have Mike Tomlin on the sideline and they're going to at least have an identity. For the Packers to lose to the Jets, I want to shout Robert Salah, their head coach, like we did for the Giants to make sure that he's the leader of a culture shift and change. And Zach Wilson and that running game was dominant. And so, but for the Packers, I've told you for a few weeks, my problem is with their defense. Like they're getting ran all over. And, and, and usually at Green Bay when the weather's bad, that's when they flourish against the opponent, not yesterday. They got thumped in the run game consistently, misdirections between the tackles, multiple people running the ball. And it, the, the thing about the Packers' offense, I want to say, is Aaron Rodgers ain't looking like himself. He ain't looking Mm. like himself. And I know at the press conference, he does a great job of keeping his poise and understanding, you know, like there's no time to panic. But this version of the Green Bay Packers, Jacoby, our best win, they're running the football. In their wins, they're basically running around over 150 yards per game. And their losses is basically half of that. That's been the difference for this team. And so they got to do some soul searching in their division as teams. They're looking around that now like Minnesota and like, wait a minute, are the Packers still going to be the class of this division as Aaron Rodgers acknowledged coming into this year? Right now, they got a lot of work to do. They do, and the Lions are in that division, and that division is trash. There is not going to be a winner from that division, but right now it looks like the Vikings. Jalen, let's turn our attention to the NBA. There's been so much discussion about the Warriors based on the Draymond Green incident that happened at practice, the video that we have all seen, but there is some news now. Both Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole, who were key contributors to the championship run in the playoffs, got four-year, $140 million deals. And don't forget this. They actually discussed this as they were celebrating the championship. Let's listen to Poole and Wiggins as the confetti fell. Where are we going? I'm going to... Uh, 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 
What? Yes. Yes. We can do that. You are world champion. And you are about to get a bag. No, 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 no. You about to get a bag. We about to get a bag. We about to get a bag. <laughs> They're committed to Steph, to Clay, to Jordan Poole, to Andrew Wiggins. However, Draymond Green is still waiting for an extension. What do these two deals tell you about this roster moving forward? Well, it's a salary cap driven sport, and I believe both of these deals would have gotten done regardless of the incident between Draymond and Poole. I don't think their deals, the length of their deals, or their numbers, in theory, um, were impacted by the incident. But since it's a salary cap-driven sport, you can't pay everybody top dollar. And for the Golden State Warriors, as a franchise, they have a, what, what every team hopes to have. They have a core What's of that? individuals that won four championships, led by the Splash Brothers and Draymond Green, obviously Steve Kerr. And then they've nurtured a young group of players the couple of years that they were struggling with injuries with KD in the finals, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry. That allowed them draft capital. And they did a great job of developing Jordan Poole, drafting Wiseman, drafting Kaminga, drafting Moody. And so now all of a sudden you have the, the, the core, ori original core, and now you have the young upstarts. But you can't pay everybody $100 million. So at some point, whether it's this year, because he's still under contract, Draymond, or next year when he has his player option, whether he opts in or opts out, that makes him a trade commodity. And the faster that Wiseman and Kaminga develop, what I'm going to be watching for this year is who's finishing games on a nightly basis. That'll then tell you where they are as it relates to either trying to move him now or after the season. So Jalen, you are such a great NBA analyst and you reminded me of something that I forgot because they won the championship. Draymond Green did not finish every game in the NBA Finals. He was actually benched in the series. Jalen, if you see Draymond Green not on the floor at the end of close games, do you think that he will also get an extension like Poole and Wiggins did? I don't think he's going to get a long-term extension from the Warriors based on his age, based on what he's already accomplished. And just as you age, yes, the defense is still going to be there and the tenacity is going to be there, but his scoring is down. His three-point shooting is down. So it's going to be important for him to see if he can raise those back up and reinvent himself. He's at that pivotal year as a basketball player, I'm talking only on the floor, where reinventing yourself is important. And for him, making open shots is going to be crucial. If he's not op making yeah. open shots and he becomes somewhat of an offensive liability, then you're going to go with the younger guys who give you more youth and athleticism. Wiseman is a rim runner that can give you post-ups. Kaminga is going to give you some athleticism and transition. So his role is still going to be valuable. He's still going to be A, if not the captain of the team. But yes, as you age as a player, your role, including Draymond, will diminish. Jalen, we had a couple friends of the show join the show last week. And of course, I'm talking about Blake Corum, the running back from Michigan, who ran all over Penn State, got them a huge blowout win. And we had Mike Gundy as well. 
and they went toe-to-toe to TCU. They ended up losing, but huge weekend for friends of the show. Let's start with Blake. What do you think about him running all over Penn State? Hail to the victors! And look at that running back core. Corman Edwards ran all over Penn State. Did you know we rushed for over 400 yards? We rushed for over 400 yards in that game. And this is what I call identity football. And when I saw Devin Bush for the Steelers break up a two-point conversion, it reminded me why the Steelers are an organization that always have players that are from Detroit or went to Michigan. Toughness, identity, want to play defense and want to run the ball. Jim Harbaugh wants to run that ball because here's what we know. We ain't trying to drop back and pass 45 times and beat Ohio State. That, that ain't <laughs> no. the formula. That ain't the formula. So I like that we establishing it can, can be consistent with our identity. Well, they made the playoff last year. They are now 6-0. Hail to the victors. Michigan looks good. Big shots of Mike Gundy and Oklahoma State, who almost beat TCU, but ended up losing. That was a big game. That was a good game. Jalen Rose. We are not done. We have so much more to get to from week six in the NFL and more. We will be back right after this very We're not short done. break. You're watching we are Kobe. not done. The NBA season is here. ESPN Wednesday night, 7.30. The Knicks and the Grizzlies. And then Luka and the Mavs face off against the Suns. Can't wait for the NBA season to start on ESPN. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby. What do we do every single day we have this platform, Jalen? It's really sad that we continue to acknowledge, because it's a fact, that Brittany Griner is wrongfully detained now 242 days and obviously in, in not in her best spirits. So we wish our speedy, safe return to the United States. We'll be back tomorrow, ESPN 2, at 4 p.m. We always say we give the people what they want. Part of that is doing podcast exclusive content for our podcast listeners, Jalen Rose. We always like to cover every single game that happened on Sunday. We watch them all. Why not talk about them all? Let's talk about this one. Pretty surprising. Marcus Mariota and the Falcons beat the Niners handily. Jalen, the Falcons have an interesting offense. They always seem to put up points. I did not expect them to be where they are at this point in the season. A big win over the Niners. Do you see this as a Niners defense failure or as a Falcons offensive victory? I want to make sure I shout out teams like the Giants, who are out, out playing expectations. Geno Smith in Seattle, his play has been a revelation. And also the Falcons. Over the last couple of years, the changes that they made in particular, a couple of the best players they've had in recent franchise history, when they leave like Julio Jones and Matt Ryan, and Matt Ryan has a big day yesterday for the Colts. It leaves lingering effects in Atlanta with the Falcons, who, by the way, those red helmets is so cold. Jeez, I love their uniform so much. Just remind me of prime time, prime time. But it also remind me like Steve Barkowski, too. But anyway, um, the Falcons took a flyer on Marietta 
and it was so very under the radar. And he fits what I said the theme was yesterday. A dual threat quarterback. He's managing the game. They're not asking him to throw the ball 40 times. And he's literally not losing the game for them. They're keeping the penalties down, mm -hmm. keeping the turnovers down. They're, they're eating up time off the clock with the run game. Defense getting timely stops. And they do a good job of staying in the game. Especially against a team like the 49ers and their three losses, I believe they averaged 14 points. That's and what so, they had yesterday. Yeah. And Debo Samuel, it was great to see him have a big catch and run recently. I think that was last week. But teams have done a really good job of not allowing him to be like that game-changing, game-wrecking type of player this year. And when we give Shanahan the credit for scheming the run and guys open, we now see why they wanted to give Trey Lance the job. Because while Jimmy G is a legit starting quarterback that has led a team to a Super Bowl and deserves the opportunity to be a starter, he's not as dynamic as a lot of the other guys, in particular with his legs sometimes that you need. And so, to me, that has become something that they see, which is why they tried to give Trey the job in the beginning. Absolutely. And another shocking result, uh, Browns versus Patriots. We have Jacoby Brissett. You know I always root for Jacoby's, but I'm kind of off Jacoby Brissett. He went up against his old team, the team that drafted him, the Patriots. Um, is there a quarterback controversy happening here? We always talk about Cooper Rush versus Dak Prescott. No one's talking about my guy, Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones. Bailey Zappi looked pretty good yesterday, Jalen Rose. Do you think that they will delay Mac Jones' return because Zappi is cooking? You delay his return, but the, the way they drafted Mac Jones and put him in position to be the heir apparent to Tom Brady, he beat out Cam Newton for the job. I think that's still his job that they want under center. But for me, the last couple that's of weeks. That's fair to say. For me, the last couple of weeks with the Patriots um, highlight what I feel about the Giants and the Jets. It shows me what happens if you're well coached and disciplined. Like, if you're mm. really watching the Patriots, they will be considered. And you run the ball. Yeah. Like, Ramondre Stevenson, like, you can run with him. The same thing with the Giants and the Jets. Like, if you are not the most talented at your skill positions, guess what? Run, run the, ball. the ball. Ugly up the game. Run the Correct. ball. Run a first down, Correct. second down, and third down. Try to get yourself a first down. Like, Correct. these three teams that you just mentioned are all doing the same thing, which is running the ball. And Ramondre Stevenson has been an absolute um, – he's blown up this year. And if you don't have him in fantasy, you should get him. Absolutely. And by the way, I won again in fantasy, now four and two, three wins in a row. Thank you to Tariq Hill, big game. He the one that was the catalyst, especially with Taylor out. Keenan Allen was out. I needed that win. Dylan Rose, the Bears are trash. The Lions somehow lost, even though they had a bye week. The Packers <laughs> lost to the Jets. It does look like the Vikings are the best team in the division. They beat the Dolphins. The Dolphins started with Skylar Thompson and then had to look to Teddy Bridgewater, Tua not available to them until next week. 
they lost. But Jalen, what is it about the Vikings that look like the class of the NFC North? And I know you pay a lot of attention to the NFC North because your Lions are there. Of course, Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback in the division, in the conversation of top, I guess, 10 QBs or 15 QBs of all time. But the constant is Kirk Cousins. If you notice, no quarterback controversies in Minnesota. Dalvin Cook, mm. 18 carries, touchdown. Jefferson, over 100 yards. Thielen, TD catch. Irv Smith, TD catch. And then my theme, two interceptions. Defensive takeaways. And a lot of people wasn't paying attention to this. Patrick Peterson now plays with them. And when he was with yep. the Cardinals, everybody understood that he was one of the top playmakers in the game. You put him with Harrison Smith, that's really nice for the Vikings. Oh, you know who else I want to shout? If we don't talk about the uh, Ravens, Warlin, their D-back. He a beast. Warlin. He's a beast. You know I love them playmakers that play D-back. So let's talk about Jaylen, Miami. There's something we need to discuss on Miami, and that is Grisicki's gritty. He did a bad yeah. gritty early, got roasted for it, and then he went back to the gritty. Jalen, can we just end the gritty, please, once and for all? Yeah, Jalen and Jacoby's going to do the nation a favor. Unless you are from New Orleans, went to LSU, your grandfather then because y'all invented it and y'all made it famous and therefore y'all the reason why everybody mimicking it. So y'all grandfathered in. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, y'all teammates, they all grandfathered in, I get it. But everybody else is retired. You know, mm -hmm. this, this, this craze has gotten so far suburban, I don't even recognize it anymore. He said, so far suburban. <laughs> Jeez. I don't even recognize it anymore. <laughs> well, it doesn't look the same. When Jamar Chase does it, it looks good. When uh, Grisicki does it, it does not. Continuing <laughs> on with games that we have but, not covered hold on, yet. Uh, hold on. Grisicki, two touchdowns, though. He was balling. Yeah. He was balling. And, and, and Waddle mm -hmm. went over 100 to reheal. 12 catches, 177. He was the reason why I won my fantasy this week. The Bengals shocked everybody, beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead last season. They've sputtered out of the gates. However, they did get the win against the Saints. Didn't look great doing it. What do you think about their chances to make some noise in the playoffs based on what you've seen so far this season? So, 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 first of all, let's talk about the Saints. I feel bad for Cam Jordan, and I feel bad for Alvin Kamara. And what happened to Michael Thomas? He balled the first game of the year. A couple of years ago yep. when he got that big deal, for those that really watch and listen to this show, you'd be surprised at some of the contacts and leads that we have. And I remember even when they had Sean Payton and Drew Brees telling Jacoby off wax before I said it on wax, their relationship with Michael Thomas ain't good. Yeah, you were number one on that. Remember when <laughs> Drew Brees got hurt, all of a sudden Michael Thomas was available. And then Drew Brees <laughs> comes back, all of a sudden Michael Thomas is not available. 
And then, you know, he gets injured. Can't, you know, deny injury, obviously. Hope everybody get well. But then there's a Monday night game. He's slated to play. Alleged incident with a teammate. Then he doesn't play. And all of a sudden, that season becomes a wash. And before you know it, Breeze is gone. Peyton is gone. And as a holdover along with Kamara, and they brought back uh, my guy Ingram, like, I'm, I'm disappointed in the Saints. Well, one thing about the Saints is Kamara just got sued for $10 million based on an incident that happened during the Pro Bowl in Las Vegas. He's being uh, charged with assault. So something tells me that the league is always second to act, but I feel like the legal system is going to hit Kamara and then the league is going to hit Kamara. So this Saints season is in jeopardy because of Kamara's availability. Um, obviously, they have a quarterback situation. They've got no Jameis. They've got Andy Dalton. They've got Taysom Hill. They've got three quarterbacks, but no quarterbacks at the same time. This Saints season is in jeopardy. Moving on to another game that we did not discuss. Rams-Panthers. The Panthers aren't just bad. They are bad, bad, bad. Robbie Anderson handling it wrong. Let me just put that Good out point. there. Um, this offseason, or last season, I believe he got a new deal, two-year extension, I believe $28, 29000000 million. And so if you're unhappy with the team that's struggling, that just fired their coach, you know what you do? Exactly what Christian McCaffrey did yesterday. You go out and ball. That's what you do. Mm. When I got traded from the Pacers to the Bulls, I hated that it was February and they had nine wins. But you know what that tested? My professionalism and my character. And I told myself. Talk to me about that first game. Talk to me about that first game with the Bulls, Mr. Rose. No question. And I remember driving to Chicago, getting there at 2 in the morning, taking a physical at 8 or 9 in the morning, not getting any sleep, not getting any nap, not even preparing with the team, going out and playing my first game with the Bulls, having over 30, and we won. As a matter of fact, we won three straight when I got there. That don't mean nothing to the rest of the league or to the standings, but it meant something to what I was going to bring as a, a professional and as a leader. And I don't like the sideline incident. I don't like getting sent to the locker room, basically seemingly on purpose, so you don't have to perform but you still get paid. I ain't like that. I ain't mm. like that at all. And so what you now have done is what you never want to do as an athlete. You and Baker are the scapegoats of the season now. It don't matter what else happened. The storyline ain't going to even be uh, Matt Rule. It's going to be Robbie Anderson because they still have to deal with him. Rule got fired already. So now it looks like, oh, the coach wasn't a problem with this player, even though the coach got overpaid. I said that also when Matt Rule got a $60, $70 million deal to coach the Panthers. I came on this show and we listed every coach's salary. And I was trying to figure, how's he making more money than Mike Tomlin? (laughs) Yep. I could not understand that. And they still owe this man $40 million. Good for him. Keep getting them checks. 
he gonna have a college job and he gonna still be getting their money. So for the Carolina Panthers, their season is over. What I now hope happen is Christian McCaffrey gets rewarded for his professionalism and gets traded to the Lions. You know, that that's what he deserves. Oh, he ain't going to the Lions. That, that, that's oh, what I don't, he deserves. I don't see him on the Lions, but he's going to go somewhere. Schefter reported that they are listening to trade requests. Someone tells me that Mr. McCaffrey will no longer be on the Panthers for much longer. One more game we have to get to. That is the Seahawks. Remember, they traded Russell Wilson, and it seemed like they might be tanking. However, in their conference, which we thought at the beginning of the season was going to be one of the toughest conferences in the NFL, is no longer that. And the Seahawks got a win against the Cardinals, who are in that conference. I expected the Cardinals to easily handle this. They did not. They only put up nine points. It was the Seahawks on defense that dominated this game. Jalen Rose, what do you think about the Geno Smith, Pete Carroll Seahawks? So I want to make sure I, I acknowledge this. For anybody that's ever been a coach, that can be a miserable lifestyle in a lot of different ways. You, mm. you have to be the first one in, the last one leave. You have to be the most prepared. You have to seemingly know as much, if not more, than everybody that's on your staff. And also, you have to gain the respect and the trust of all of your players so they'll go out and perform for you. But what happens, win, lose, or draw, when you go into a locker room and the coaches close the mm -hmm. door, all they do is complain about their players. All of them. That's why I'm glad that there Facts. are never cameras in coaches' office when they're analyzing their players. Because if that's the case, you will hear coaches talking bad about some of the greatest players of all time and be surprised what they're saying about the mistakes because everybody makes them in a game. But Pete Carroll Absolutely. right now, I guarantee you, the wine and the beer tastes a lot sweeter because they never have to win a playoff game. They don't have to contend. For him to sit back and be like, we didn't pay Russell Wilson, and I helped re-energize Geno Smith, and our run game now with Walker III was out there running crazy yesterday, I told y'all so, is what he can now say as a veteran coach mm -hmm. that's put together a Legion of Boom defense, that helped nurture a run game led by Marshawn and Beast Mode, helped catapult the Hall of Fame candidacy of Russell Wilson, the man-child of Metcalf, and the speed of Lockett. Now he gets to look back and say, I put Geno Smith under center, and yesterday going into the game, he was leading the league in multiple categories as a passer. I Jalen, you know that I've brought, I've brought uh, certain phrases to the lexicon. Die easy fan, um, stretch mark four, stretch mark five. Another one is competitive. You know I love competitiveness, <laughs> and I'm very petty and competitive. I'm very competitive. And you know Pete Carroll's watching the Broncos, and he watches Hackett mismanage the clock, and he watches Russell Wilson go three and out time and time again, and he'll be watching tonight as the Broncos lose to the Chargers. How much 
do you think that satisfies satisfies Pete Carroll? He comes off to me as a nice person that might not be as competitive as I am, but if I were Pete Carroll, I would be relishing in every loss that Russell Wilson suffers. And I would be looking at the Broncos front office and saying, you paid this man how much to do what for how long? And I would love every second of it if I was Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, closest friends and or family members are gonna be watching the game tonight and the pours are gonna be extra heavy. The bottles will be flowing. They will be sitting back enjoying every second of watching Russell struggle to find an identity with the Broncos and their coaching staff struggle to decide if they're gonna take a 59 yard field goal or not. And I forget which team it was yesterday. I I believe that was down late. And they opted to do a 59-yard field goal because it was going to be two possessions that they needed. I got a news flash for NFL officials. Was that the Ravens? The Ravens, uh, Tucker missed a 59-yard field goal for the first time in his life. Correct. He wasn't the only one that attempted one yesterday either. Here's what I want to say to all NFL coaches. That ain't a good decision. <laughs> I don't care if y'all got George Blanda with a half foot kicking the ball. Like a 59-yard field goal, that just is not a good decision. If it's the last so, so play Jaylen of the game and you so ain't got simple. no choice, I understand. But otherwise, that ain't a good choice. Sometimes you just simplify sports down to very simple terms. You know what? 59-yard field goal, not a good decision. Just not, just don't do it. Do not do it. Go for it on fourth down. Or even if you have to punt, just punt. Because the field position that you give up, also, it's one thing to miss the field goal. It's another thing to give the gift the other team the field position if you miss. And Justin Tucker. A 59-yard field goal puts you on the 42. So you're on the 42 with a 59-yard field goal. What you are saying is if you give the other team the ball in the 42, they only need 20 yards to get a field goal themselves. Well, how about this math? If they wanted to attempt a 59-yard field goal, they don't have to get any yards. How that about that? Work, but whatever. You see what I mean? Like that, just, that, 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 that's just a like. Like, the team that I'm talking about played for it. They, like, ran on third down, like, did a three, uh, like, like, and I'm like, I'm like, this field goal ain't making it. This is not going in. And so, that's one of the things I took from yesterday also. Yep. If you kick a 59-yard field goal, you basically give the other team the ball on their 49. So, they need about 15 yards to be in field goal range. I agree Correct. with you there, Mr. Rose. I expect the Chargers like to win tonight. Down and then they have field goal range. Jalen, Chargers minus four and a half. That's where my money will be. I think the Chargers win easily this evening. Where is your money going to be this evening? Chargers. Chargers. I think, I think right. this is their get-back game. I think this is their – no Keenan Allen. Mike Williams, two TDs. No, Mike Williams, one TD, Eckler, two TDs, Herbert, three TDs passing, one rushing. They go, they go big on the Broncos tonight. They go big on the Broncos. And 
They, they send Russell Wilson and, and, and Denver soul-searching officially after this loss. I love it. I don't know what, the, what Denver is going to do. I really don't know what Denver is going to do. We have Can I say this also? One tonight. of the funniest memes of last week is when Russell Wilson was trying to get some water on the sideline, <laughs> and his teammate was just staring at him like, dog, you ain't that thirsty, dog. <laughs> you just doing that out of nervous muscle memory, dog. You ain't that thirsty, dog. We will be back tomorrow with another Dope Pod to Step 2. We have a lot of special guests this week, so make sure you listen to the podcast exclusive all week long. We have a lot of great guests coming up. We'll be back tomorrow. Why is that, Jalen Anthony I Rose. really need somebody from our pod and our TV show to tell me what other Monday through Friday show had the diversity that we have in guests. You know what else I noticed about national media? They're not even allowing artists on TV anymore. Not here at Jalen and Jacoby. We're not done. We're not done. We're not. We are, we are not. Not done. Got to give the people time.